Welcome to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast, where Pastor Jeff Cranston, along with our host, Jen Denton, will discuss biblical theology in an understandable way. You'll discover how to apply biblical truth to your life. Thanks for joining us at the table. Let's get started. Well, hello again, y'all, and welcome back to Kitchen Table Theology. I'm your host, Jen Denton, and today on Kitchen Table Theology, we're going to talk about the Leaning Tower of Pisa, Beard Stubble, and I'm going to try to get Dr. Cranston to sing for us. It is quite the jam-packed day. <laughs> and here at Kitchen Table Theology, we are on a journey of discovering what the scripture teaches regarding doctrine and theology. You know, things that a lot of Christians think are too difficult to tackle, too hard to understand, and too out of reach. And we're always attempting to do this in a way that applies to the lives we live. We do this because we agree with what the theologian A.W. Pink once wrote. Eliminate doctrine and you have nothing left to test experience by. And mysticism and fanaticism are inevitable. We want to help you be strong in your faith, knowledgeable in and of the word, and grow in your love for Jesus. On today's podcast, we're continuing the 33 things that occur instantaneously at the moment of salvation to every believer. Beginning with episode 104, we've discussed, studied, and mulled over a number of these treasures of divine grace. If you missed any, we encourage you to go back and give them a listen. Pastor Jeff, let's get started. Did you say we have mulled over? We've mulled over. We've we've yeah. marinated in it. We've we. I understand the word. I just didn't in. know that that was. Yeah, that's a good one. You didn't think that was in my vocabulary? No, I didn't. No, I know. No, wait a minute. Not, <laughs> Yes, I thought it was in your vocabulary. <laughs> vocabulary. I've just never heard mold. I do like a good mold cider this time of year. As we record this, we are entering the fall season. There's so, probably a podcast yeah. that is on cider somewhere. Probably. probably if not, several. you should start it. <laughs> well, hello again, Kitchen Table Theologians. It's very good to be back with you. And let Jen and I again say how grateful we are for every one of you. And do you know, Jen, that with this podcast, we will exceed 40,000 downloads Amazing. to Kitchen Table Theology Amazing. since we started. And Jen and I are amazed at that, yeah. and it's because of you. So thanks for listening, and thanks for your faithfulness to stick with us. And if you've stuck with us since 104, then you've stuck with us through this topic of yeah, 33 we have. Uh, I think we've got a number of new listeners because our podcast download numbers last week were like five times yeah. than they normally are. So not sure how or why that's happened. Word but of mouth, If my you're friend, new, word welcome. If you've been with us since April of 2020, <laughs> which we now know was the worst month of the worst year to start a podcast, but we're, <laughs> hey, we're still going. We're, we're grateful you're here with us. We are. And we are continuing our topic of 33 things that happen to the believer instantaneously at the moment of salvation. So what are we diving into today? Well, let me ask you a question, Jen. Have you traveled much outside of the USA? I would say a little bit. I wouldn't say I'm a worldwide traveler. We had a mission partner with one of my previous jobs where we went to the Dominican Republic. So I've been mm -hmm. probably to the Dominican five or six times. Oh. And then I spent a month in Russia while I was in high school. A month in mm -hmm. Russia? Yes. As a high schooler that did not appreciate being away from home that long, I wish I could go Especially back now with Russia. a different perspective. But yeah. Um, I don't think you'd Russia want to go back right a, now. Probably not right now. <laughs> probably not right now. But yeah, Russia Russia with a little stint in Germany along the what way. What happened to Jen? She got conscripted yes. into the Russian army. <laughs> <laughs> she really wanted to go back. So. <laughs> well, that that's cool. I did not know that. Yeah. And yet another layer of the Jen Onion. 
falls away. Have you ever been to Italy? I've not been to Italy. I've not been to Italy. We're going to Barcelona in the spring, but I don't think we're going to have time to to jaunt over to Italy. You're not going to run over to Italy? Maybe not. The reason I'm asking is that there's a major tourist attraction there. Well, there's a lot of them there. Mm -hmm. But one of the major ones, and it's just a bit of an oddity, and it's been there for Gosh, 600 years, the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was like a celebration of an architectural mistake. <laughs> like, it, hey, yeah. we're going to make the most of this. We built it, so now we're going to turn it into a tourist attraction. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't I don't think in the 12th, 14th century or the 12th century, I think it was it, it began. So it's almost a thousand years old. Mm-hmm. I think it's well built, but... It's not well founded. Mm, mm-hmm. so Two different things. The Tower of Pisa is a freestanding. I'm, I'm sure everybody has seen pictures of it, and I'm sure many in our audience have been there. It's a freestanding bell tower, mm-hmm. and it's part of the cathedral of Pisa in Italy, and it's it's very beautiful. When you see a picture of the the whole complex, like an aerial view of the cathedral, mm-hmm. and there are other towers. Mm-hmm. I mean, it mm-hmm. really is a stunning. There's three other towers there. It's very stunning. So it was leaning at 5.5% at one point up into the 90s. But in the 90s, it was stabilized. And to stabilize it, they added 870 tons Mm. of lead blocks to straighten it up. And they straightened it up to 4%. And they could have straightened it up more. But the government said, because it's such a tourist attraction, let's leave it at four. And they, they, they think now where they are, it will stay about where it is for the next 200 years or, or so. I, I just think that's hilarious. Should we straighten it up all the way? No. <laughs> let's leave it lean because that's some tourism a, lemonade right there. It's, it's, tourism lemonade out of the lemons of the lean. <laughs> but it was, it was started in the 12th century. And by the time it was completed in the 14th century, it pretty much looked like it does today. So we've still got, I mean, there's lots of other things that were built in the 12th century yeah. and we still have them and not all of them are leaning. So why why is this one different? <laughs> yeah, it, it has everything to do with the foundation. The ground mm-hmm. under it was too soft for the weight. And the tower, they estimate the tower weighs 14,500 tons. Mm, mm-hmm. And so the foundation had to be really, really incredibly good. And, and it wasn't. And I assume this has something to do with today's topic. <laughs> yeah, we just cannot get anything by you. <laughs> hey, a segue. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about the Believer's Foundation. And so the Believer's Foundation is the rock Jesus Christ. Now, there's a professional wrestler, you know, that we all know, calls himself The Rock. Well, he's a movie star now, but he isn't The Rock, really. Mm. Christ is The Rock. So that's what we're going to talk about today, Jesus Christ being The Rock and the, the, the ramifications that has for the believer instantaneously at the moment of salvation. So let's begin with two passages of Scripture that will set the foundation for today's podcast. Did you see what I did there? Sure, I did. Sure, that wasn't lost on our listeners All right. either. Yeah. It was Matt, uh, so Matthew seven twenty four to twenty seven, mm-hmm. and First Corinthians three nine through fifteen. So let's settle in. Jen, read those for us, please. Okay. So the verse in Matthew says, "Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock." 
But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And this is very apropos because we're recording today awaiting the arrival of Hurricane Ian. Ian, And yep. it's hitting Florida as we record. Absolutely. And then the verse from 1 Corinthians says, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer a great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. There is a song about the first verse. There is not a song about the second verse, probably with good reason. (laughs) second one doesn't really lend itself to singing too much. Yeah, there's a lot there. And so here's the point, the main point of today's podcast. The believer's salvation is based upon Christ, the solid rock. The believer's service to Christ following salvation must also be built upon him. So that's the, the, the Matthew passage. Our salvation is built upon Christ. The First Corinthians passage, our service to Christ also has to be built upon him, the rock. So as we look at that, then Paul likens these to gold and silver and precious stones, right? But there's also something you mentioned. You mentioned stubble. Well, the verses I grew up with, wood, hay, and stubble, and I never knew what stubble <laughs> was, but you know, you know what stubble is. You're, you're married. I do, like the five o'clock shadow thing. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's a bearded mongrel, is he not? Or has he shaved since I've oh, seen yeah, him? Oh, yeah, no, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's got more than some stubble. But let's go back a little bit. You said he seems to assume that Christ is the rock solid foundation, but Paul seems to be talking about what is built on the foundation. And yep. so, that's exactly right, right? We have to distinguish between the foundation and the structure, which is built on that foundation. Yeah. We're dealing with two separate things here. Right. The parable of the two houses, one built on the sand or other bedrock. Jesus did not refer to the structure. He emphasized the importance of the foundation. The smallest mm-hmm. edifice built on the rock will withstand and ensure the test, which try the strength and surety of the foundation. And that's because it endures. And juxtaposed to that, and you were, that's really good. There's the foundation, and then there's the structure that's built on the foundation. That's the difference in those two, so, two deals. So Paul's writing, the structure is built upon the rock, and then he says that structure is going to be tested by fire. And that's the part that we said, you know, we don't really sing about, <laughs> we don't really sing about that. Probably so Paul's not. making reference to, and here we've got to be careful to understand this. He's referring in the first Corinthians passage, not to our salvation, but to the works of service that Christian does post salvation. Okay, so let's get this straight then. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus was referring to salvation, that it has to be founded upon himself as the rock. And in 1 Corinthians, Mm -hmm. Paul is referring to the life we build on in Christian service, what we do for Christ, built on that same rock. Right. 
Because when Paul was talking about the things that have been tested by fire, I want to make sure that it's not me that's being (laughs) tested by fire or my salvation being tested by fire, but it is for my works for Christ that will be tested by fire. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And and there are generally two classes of structure being built upon Christ the rock, and Paul likens these. One class is gold, silver, and precious stones, and the other class being built on Christ the rock can be wood, hay, and stubble. That's the old King James word. Uh, so you've, you've got these two classes of, uh, of structures that are going to be built. We're the ones doing the building. It's what we're, we're doing for Jesus. And I think we can, we know that gold, silver, and precious stones, we know what those are, and we can again know what wood and hay are. But let's get back again to that stubble. <laughs> again, we know it's that five o'clock shadow, but what does Paul exactly mean by stubble when it comes to foundation? When you read it, that was the New Living Translation, and it used probably a word easier to understand to to us. Stubble is simply another word for straw, Mm. but it's an inferior type of straw. So this was the material that was used in the first century for the homes of the poor, the homes of slaves. It was used as a floor covering. Mm. It was used as insulation. It was used as stuffing for beds, but it was so inferior, they wouldn't even feed it to their animals. It was cheap, it was disposable, and it was replaceable. Mm. And, and by the way, when you said gold, silver, and precious stones, and we know what those are. We know gold and silver, but precious stones may not be what you're thinking they mm. are. When Paul mentions precious stones, most of us were thinking diamonds, right? Rubies, yeah. sapphires, all that beautiful jewelry stone. But that's not what he's talking about. When he's talking precious stones, he's talking about granite and marble, stones that are used in building. Mm. And granite and marble withstand fire. They withstand weather. And they withstand time. Well, anybody that's put in a granite or marble countertop knows that it is precious and expensive. (laughs) But you're thankful for it when you can sit the hot pot on top of the counter. You can totally do that. That's right. So gold and silver, you know, we all know this. They're refined by fire. Mm -hmm. The impurities bubble up and you can scrape those off. Wood and hay and stubble are consumed by fire. So what Paul's doing is likening or comparing the Christian service we do in which the gold and silver will stand the test and we'll receive a, re- a reward. That's hard for me to say. We will receive a reward for those things while that which we do in our lives that's comparable to wood, hay, and stubble or straw, that's going to suffer loss. So we've mm-hmm. got to understand, however, that the believer who suffers loss in respect to his or her reward for service still saved. This is not affecting our salvation. Although our works are passing through the fire that destroys any unworthy service that we've ever done for Christ. You know, that that's pretty heavy for us, I think, because I think I'm seeing the differences in all of this. For example, when those without Christ, those who aren't saved, are building their eternal or their eternity upon the sand, Mm -hmm. all Christians are secure in their salvation because they're building on the rock, Christ himself, and they are not building but standing on the rock. That's absolutely true. And you know, every time I hear those words, I can't help but think of an old song, and I learned it many, many, many years ago, Um, standing, do you know this song, Standing on the Rock of Ages, Mm -hmm. Safe from Every Storm? I can't think of the tune right now. Would you like to sing it for us? I am not going (laughs) to sing it right now. 
But it says, standing on the rock of ages, safe from every storm, all the storm that rages, rich in love, I'm rich, but not from Satan's wages, I'm standing on the solid rock. So... Nice try, but I'm not singing it. Mm. So I'll, I'll teach when, you know, when we're done recording, I'll, I'll remind you of the tune. Okay, good. But let's move quickly <laughs> away from that. Let, let's wrap this up today. Christ is the foundation on which the Christian stands and on which the Christian builds. So, you know, we're taking off the sand foundation we were previously building upon without Christ. And here's the instantaneous part of the 33 things that happen. We are instantaneously at the moment of salvation removed from whatever we were building, which was on sand mm-hmm. and our, our life and our eternity is immediately placed upon the solid rock, Jesus Christ. And he, he's not only a solid rock, he's an enduring rock. And that I think for me, at least constitutes one of the richest treasures of divine grace. Mm-hmm. And again, occurring instantaneously at the moment of salvation. On Christ the solid rock I stand. There you go. There's another All one. other ground is sinking, sinking sand. sand. Right. Well, thanks so much again for listening today with Kitchen Table Theology. Please take a moment, if you would, to rate and review this podcast, including on Spotify and iTunes. It helps to get new listeners to find the show. You're doing that in spades. <laughs> and we want to spread the Kitchen Table Theology love. And don't forget to check out today's episode notes as well. As always, thanks are due to our friends at Low Country Community Church here in Bluffton, South Carolina, for making this podcast possible. And to Danny and her team at Streamline Podcasts for making us sound good. And to Dylan Voorhees, of course, today's sound, sound engineer. engineer. Please head on over to jeffcranston.com for more information about Dr. Cranston, his books, sermons, leadership notes, and blog posts. And Lord willing, next week, we'll be back with another great episode. So there it is. Now go deeper. And until next time, always remember that the real power of theology is not only knowing it, but applying it. You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Theology Podcast with Jen Denton and Pastor Jeff Cranston. Join us next time for more insights into biblical truth. If you'd like to know more on today's topic, you can check out the show notes at jeffcranston.com. You can also email us at pastorjeff at lowcountrycc.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, would you consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes? We deeply appreciate your help in getting the word out. And be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or in your favorite podcasting app to continue this journey with us as we learn about and apply God's word to our lives. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time here at Kitchen Table Theology.